let's talk about the data, because certainly having an impact today. Uh, two pieces of data out within the last hour. Conference board numbers very strong. Uh, existing home sales out of the States falling for a tenth straight month in November. Now, that extends a record decline, which is clearly being impacted by high mortgage rates. Now, mortgage rates have rolled over. Uh, quite recent. We're now trading at a three-month low on the 30-year. Let's get a take now from Mark Zandi, Chief Economist at Moody's Analytics, the perfect person to talk to about these numbers. Mark, you'll read about what's happening here. Um, is this as bad as the data gets? We've seen mortgage rates coming off fairly sharply over the last few weeks. Yeah, I think in terms of, of home sales, I think we're pretty close to the bottom. I mean, 4 million uh, homes sold during the month. Uh, that's down from uh, if you throw in, in new home sales as opposed as as, as in, and existing, we're close to five million home sales. You go back to the beginning of the year where we were at seven, so it's a pretty significant come down in a very short period of time. And I think we we are pretty close to the bottom, and that reflects the peak in mortgage rates, which were back a couple months ago when they were significantly north of seven percent for a thirty-year fix. Now we're down closer to 6%. And I don't think we're going back to over 7 again. So I think we're pretty close to the bottom in sales. In terms of construction, and, mm -hmm. and particularly in terms of house prices, we've got more to go here. Uh, but in terms of sales, I think we're, we're at bottom. So we have a great chart here, uh, Mark, hey, it's Alex, that, that shows um, the average weeks of work to pay a monthly mortgage as of the end of November. And that's the bottom part of this chart. It's this yellow line. And it's looking like two and a half weeks of pay to pay off your mortgage. That seems like a lot. How much does that have to come down before we get some more equilibrium in the market? And I guess that leads to then how low do house prices have to go. Yeah, my, my sense is, uh, you're, you're right. I mean, affordability has been completely hammered here, and that's the fundamental issue. You know, you mix the high mortgage rates with the high, previously high house prices. It's just uh, too much to bear. I mean, I think the average monthly payment for a typical, uh, for American buying a typical priced home is up to seven, eight hundred bucks from where it was about a year ago, and that's just not affordable. So uh, we need a combination to get, restore affordability and get demand moving in the right direction again. We need a combination of, of lower mortgage rates, lower house prices, and rising incomes. And my sense is if mortgage rates come in back to, you know, five and a half percent, which is where I would expect them in the long run, incomes continue to rise. We don't go into recession. Uh, we need about a 10% decline in house prices to restore affordability sufficiently. That probably won't happen until late 24 going into 25. So we, I think we've got a couple of years here before affordability will get to a place where, you know, demand will start to improve again, significantly improve. Mark, why don't you believe the mortgage rates are going back above 7%? Well, uh, and I think the, the f a couple of reasons. One, I think the, the Fed has uh, uh, laid out a path uh, to a 5% federal funds rate target. Uh, that's what's embedded in market expectations. That's what's embedded in mortgage rates. Uh, and I think uh, that's the high that they're going to in this cycle. I don't think they need to go higher than that to get inflation back uh, down in, into their target in a timely way and uh, to, to avoid an economic downturn. So I, I think uh, that, that's the peak in the uh, in, in uh, the, uh, the federal funds rate target, and that would be consistent with a sub-7% uh, mm -hmm. uh, mortgage rate. The other thing is, 
this spread, the difference between the mortgage rate and the uh, treasury yields, uh, you know, what the Fed is influencing, is incredibly wide, unusually wide for lots of different reasons hmm. that are temporary. Uh, they're not going to, uh, the, the average, the current spread is about three percentage points on average, about half that. So over time, I expect that spread to compress for various reasons we can talk about, and that will make it much more difficult for, for mortgage rates to rise. So I, I think the 7.5% mortgage rate we saw back, I guess it was six, eight weeks ago, that mm -hmm. probably will be the peak this cycle. So what are those factors that contributes to that widespread? Well, uh, you know, investors in mortgage securities, they need to be compensated for so-called prepayment risk. So that's the risk that they get paid back more quickly than uh, than anticipated. And in a, when you're in a world of uh, higher and very volatile interest rates, uh, that prepayment risk is higher and they need to be compensated for that. So uh, that risk will come out, uh, will start to decline once it's clear that the Fed has stopped raising interest rates, that prepayment risk will yep. come out and those spreads will compress. Mark, why do you think 5% is enough to get it done for the Fed? Um, I've just seen the conference board data come out, 108.3, up from 100. The consumer's feeling pretty good. You take a look at the Carnival numbers today. You look, take a look at the Nike numbers today. They're pretty strong. There is this expectation that we get a mild recession next year. Let's say the U.S. economy holds up. Let's say that inflation is harder to get down from here than maybe we're anticipating, and therefore the Fed needs to go harder. Isn't there a danger that 5% that is kind of the downside here, that actually the upside could be nearer to 6 Yeah, no, good point. Uh, you know, my, it's my expectation that 5% is sufficient to slow the economy uh, down, uh, get uh, wage growth rolling over, and ultimately getting inflation back to the Fed's target in a reasonably timely way. I, I think the, the statistics we've been getting recently are consistent with that view. Uh, and, you know, we got a great November CPI number, a great uh, mm -hmm. October. We're going to get a wonderful December number when that comes out in a couple of weeks. If this feels like inflation, for lots of different reasons, are, is coming in in a reasonably graceful way at this point. Now, obviously, things happen. You know, it could be oil prices spike again for whatever reason. You know, the uh, China shuts down again because everyone's getting sick because mm -hmm. they ended their lockdown policy. There's many, many things that can, you know, knock us off script here. But I think the most reasonable script is that inflation will come in and it'll be coming in sufficiently by early next year when the Fed has to make a decision about, well, do, I'm at 5% now. Do I need to go to 55 or 6 And I, my view is uh, they'll get there and they'll decide that, no, they don't need to get there and, they don't, and mm -hmm. inflation will come back in. So then it, it really then becomes how quickly can inflation fall, which leads me to housing rents. And I'm wondering how when we actually see the fall in housing rents really show up in the data and how quickly can that part of the reading fall? Yeah, that's that's key, and that's one of the reasons I'm so optimistic about inflation. With a reasonable high level of confidence, we know that uh, market rents, you know, the rents that are being charged people that are signing leases today, 
they've suddenly gone weak and, and down for, uh, for in part because rents are so high that people can't afford to, to rent. So you have so-called demand destruction and a lot more supply. The supply chains are easing and builders can get appliances and building materials. Labor markets are easing. Uh, foreign immigrants that work in construction sites are getting on the job. So getting a lot more properties going across the finish line to completion, more more supply, less demand, rents are weak, and uh, that's going to show up in the cost of housing services over the course of the, over the next six, six to 12 months. So by this time next year, uh, the cost of housing services yep. growth is going to be moderating very, very significantly. And that's one reason I feel reasonably confident that inflation is going to be coming in here uh, pretty quickly. You, you talk about it kind of coming in gracefully, Mark, but then you listed a whole load of tail risks. Does everything have to go right, i.e. we get no big surprises for your scenario to play out? Yeah. I, I, the way I kind of put it, uh, Guy, is we need a little bit of luck. Uh, <laughs> and when I say that, to your point, we can't get uh, knocked off course here by something else going wrong. Although I will point out, you know, things go wrong and there's also a possibility things go right. So there's, you know, risks on both sides, sides of this. And we need some reasonably deaf policymaking. The Fed's got to get it roughly right. And, you know, who knows? I mean, the, you know, it's possible they make a mistake here, given all the uncertainties and the fog of data and everything else that complicates the conduct of monetary policy. So you're absolutely right. I mean, I say this with great intrepidation, and mm -hmm. I'm not going to argue with anyone who says, oh, no, inflation is <laughs> going to remain more persistent, and we are going to get hit by something, and a recession is going to occur. That's, you know, very possible scenario. I just don't think it's the most likely one. Thanks for watching. I hope you got a lot from it.